Are you ready for the Word of God today? So I've got a lot to share with you today. So I need you to grab your notebooks and grab your Bibles. If you need a Bible, we have them for you in the back here or on the sides. If you need a notebook, we have those for you. But we want you to take notes as God gives you uh, something to write down, to go back to. You're going to want to revisit those things you know, throughout the week and let the Holy Spirit just kind of continue to build that in your heart. So we've been in a series called Rooted. And the reason we use the illustration of roots is that what you believe and the things you've anchored your life to, that your roots go down deep into these bedrock truths. Say the word truth. Truth. We're in a culture where there's a lot of moving going on, a lot of shifting, a lot of opinions, a lot of people trying to, to either bully people or persuade people to believe their thing or to follow their thing. And it's so important as culture continues to do whatever it's going to do in the middle of storms, in the middle of famine, in the middle of whatever might be going on, that you are anchored. Somebody say anchored. anchored. Your roots go down deep. You know how to receive nutrients and refreshing water in any season, and you bear fruit in every single season. And so we've been in this series kind of laying down every week another bedrock truth, another bedrock truth, another bedrock truth. And today we're going to talk about being saved by grace through faith. Saved by grace through faith. Last week we talked about man's fall. Do you remember that last week? The fall of man. The need that when before Christ we were dead in our sins. But now we're talking about the solution. Somebody say solution. Amen. Are you excited about it today? We're going to talk about being saved. Saved. I know that through the years that, that word can kind of lose some of its meaning because we, we've heard it or people kind of throw it into the church or they talk, those are saved people. You know, I'm so glad I'm a saved person. Somebody say amen. I'd rather be a saved person than someone lost and going to hell. Someone who's not rescued, right? But we're going to talk about what we've been rescued from and unto and how that's happened today. And so I want you to get a core rooted belief on the mechanisms of how this thing works, what the Holy Spirit is doing. I believe that today's message is the type of message that calls the next generation to be those missionaries that we're talking about. You know, it's these truths that people were willing to get on boats and travel across oceans into tribes and other nations and other lands and lay aside everything so that those people might hear this message that you're about to hear today. Do you understand that? So we've got to bring these things back. I was thinking, sitting down there doing worship, and I was like, God, raise up another generation of fiery evangelists in this country. From this church, may there, be, may there be anointed men and women that go out with such a passion that they'll lay aside everything to bring the kingdom of God to a generation. I'm like, where are those people with that kind of intensity? And I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit say that too much of the culture has been hearing such shallow, watered-down stuff. They're not hearing anything worth laying their life down for. They're not hearing anything worth going around the world and preaching again. But what you're about to hear today is the catalyst message that changes the world. Amen that caused people to leave Jerusalem, to go to the ends of the earth. It was this message burning in their heart that said, the world must hear this message today. So are you excited to hear this message today? I'm excited about it. Salvation for all. Say all. We believe that in this church. Amen? We believe that it's God's will that none should perish. God is not desiring for people to die and be lost in an eternal hell, but that all would be saved. All, all, all. A-L-L. -L. Do you remember that? The old commercial with the old, like, washing machine soap? 
all, A-L-L, that all would be saved, all would be saved. The fall affected all, and the solution affects all who receive it. I think that's important because sometimes people wonder, can I be saved? Some people have an opinion that only some will be saved or that God's desire is only to save some. The solution, let me say this, the, the sickness went unto all and the antidote to that sickness is for all who receive it. Amen? There's no one that wants it that God will say no to. No matter how bad, no matter lost, no matter fallen, God doesn't want you wondering whether or not he wants you. He wants you. He wants you in his family. He wants you forgiven. And he doesn't just want you forgiven. He wants to do something with you that you, beyond you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And we're going to talk about that today. But the fall affected us all, and the solution is for all who believe. The only hope of redemption for man is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Please write that down. That is such a key sentence. The only hope of redemption for man is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now you may be new to church and the concept of Jesus dying on a cross and why would his blood have to be shed. We go through that over the years. We talk about that throughout the year, about how the blood was an offering uh, kind of linked back to a lamb and all these things. And the shedding of blood is the forgiveness of sin and all these things. I don't want you to be confused or somehow overwhelmed by these conversations, but we, have to, we still have to talk about the blood of Jesus in the church. There are some churches that won't talk about the blood anymore because they don't want new people to be confused. And so but we need you to know something, that there is meaning in the blood of Jesus. And rather than you just not hearing about it, I'd rather you hear about it and gain understanding. The only hope of redemption for man is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. So let's talk about what is that word redemption. That's a big word. Redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin or error or evil. These would be good things to write down in your notes. Because you hear that word redemption, and sometimes, again, the church removes the word because it's too complicated for this generation. Let me tell you something. I believe this generation's brilliant. Say brilliant. I believe we're a whole lot smarter. They're out there building rockets. They're out there making video games that you're like, are you kidding me? That's more real than the world I live in. Like they're out there doing all kinds of things. And then when they come to church, they're like, oh, they can't understand words like redemption. Yes, you can. They can't understand things like the blood. Yes, you can. You are brilliant. You're made in the image of God. I'm sorry that we have lowered the standard. We are raising back up the banner in Jesus' name. You can understand what redemption is. Redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin, from error, from evil. The action of regaining possession of something in exchange for a payment, clearing a debt. So you, in Christ and through his blood, you have been redeemed. Being redeemed means you've been saved from sin. Saved from sin. Saved from error because you were off. You were in darkness. You were following the devil. Saved from sin. Saved from error. Saved from evil. That's what redemption has done. That's what the blood of Jesus has done. And not only has it saved you from, it's the action of you then regaining something. Regaining possession of something in exchange for a payment. 
The blood of Jesus is the payment for your sin, but it's also the payment to buy you back. To buy you back. You need to understand, when we talk about being saved, when we talk about being saved, you're being saved from sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you, praise God. Sin is not your master. You've been saved from sin, and you've been saved from evil. And you were in error, whether you knew it or not, and you've been saved from the error, praise God. Save from, save from, save from. But you've also been bought back into something. Into what? Into God's original plan for your life. Into the original standing that God had when he created mankind. See, because when we fell, we fell into sin and we fell into death, and we fell into separation from God, and we lost our authority, and we lost our dominion, and we lost that sonship that we had with God, but we've been purchased back. Do you see that? So it's not just the idea of being saved by grace through faith is not just being forgiven. It's being brought back into your position, being brought back into your sonship, being brought back into your access to God, being brought back into your authority, where at the fall, the devil became the God of this world and he began to dominate our lives. Now he is under your feet. Sin is under your feet. You've been repositioned, amen. That's what salvation is. You've been saved from sin, saved from error, saved from those things, but you've been bought back, bought back to God's thoughts towards you, God's plans towards you, Act, bought back into the life that God designed for you. Amen. We have to see those things. That's redemption. That's redemption. It also means clearing a debt. So all the debt that we had piled up between us and God has now been paid in full. Jesus was an overpayment for our debt. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you. I'm excited about it because that's what you came for, the Word of God. Romans chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 9. This whole passage, I'm going to need you to put on your thinking caps. I'm going to need you to listen. So lean forward in your seat. Grab your Bibles. Get comfortable now because we're going to dive into this chapter. In the beginning of the verses we're about to read, it kind of sets up where we were, how bad off we were that we don't realize it. Sometimes, again, last week I talked about how fallen we were. It's hard to value salvation when people don't even believe they've ever sinned. When people don't believe they need a Savior. They're like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm just going to add a little Jesus into my life. There's a revelation. Look, there's nothing wrong with realizing how fallen you were. That's not condemnation. That's just reality. And then that shows you the gratefulness and the gift of God in Christ Jesus. You don't realize the gift. You don't realize the blessing that you've been given in this grace when you don't even realize you were ever in darkness. Verse 9, Romans chapter 3, verse 9. Well then, should we conclude that the Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jew or Gentile, are under the power of sin, as the Scripture says. 
No one is righteous, not even one. So he's building this up. He's saying, look, we've got to get to this place where we realize no one is in right standing with God on their own. No one. Not even the people next door that you look at and you're like, man, that's a great couple. That's a put-together couple. Again, sometimes we just think people, when we say someone is lost, we are always thinking of like, and they're in darkness, we're thinking of someone that's in some coven or cult or, you know, they've got like a pentagram carved on their forehead or, you know, they're doing all this crazy stuff. If you don't know Jesus, they're lost and they're dead in sin, okay? And so the Bible's kind of painting that picture that no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. Even these people that look like they're seeking, if they don't come to Christ, they're not So he's trying to talk about this and kind of unpack this for people, the need we have. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. No one is doing anything that is worthy of of being forgiven based on their own works or on their own merit. No one is, is earning their place with God. They can't even. They're so lost and all their works that they're doing are so lost. And so the Bible is just kind of layering this and layering this. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder, destruction. Misery always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God. That's mankind before Christ. That's who we are. That's what we look like before Christ. That's the world. Verse 19, obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. So it's talking about when the law was given to the Jews. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. Say the entire world. When the law came in from Moses and we saw that that we have other gods before him and that we do blaspheme his name and we don't keep the Sabbath and we commit adultery and we have murder in our hearts and we covet one another's things, the law was brought in there to show us sin, that sin was real and that we were already doing those things. The law didn't cause us to do those things. The law put a mirror up in front of us to show us we have a need for a Savior. We have a need for God. Sin is real. You're not as good as you think you are. All of us have something in us that is breaking God's laws, that is rebellion against God. Even nice people, even good-looking people, even people that look like they have it all together without Christ. Every single person needs salvation, needs the Savior. We need the Savior. To show that the entire world is guilty. And that's not to say, God is not saying this to put a finger in your face. He's trying to say, you have to see where you are so you can see the lifeboat, so you can see the rescue, so you can see what's in front of you. Because if you don't see you're drowning, you won't take the lifeboat. The entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. Can we just get excited about that? Listen, don't just read over this stuff. God has shown us a way to be made right with him. He knew that we couldn't figure it out. He knew that we were lost and God initiated a solution. And he showed it to us. 
without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with him by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. You are made right with him by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. It's like that. It's that simple. Faith in his grace through Christ Jesus. We're separated from God. The Bible just took like five verses to tell us how lost we were, how dead we were, how full of darkness we were. And saying that you can't do this even through obeying the law. So the law comes in to show you how far you've fallen. And what happens is we then try to obey the law. Say, God, I'm going to keep those laws. And I'm going to try to do those things and behave myself. And God is saying, look, the law wasn't there, wasn't given to you so you could prove you can love me by keeping it. The law was sent to you so you could see how much you need me. So when you judge yourself against the law, you're always going to come up short. But that's not to show you how to condemn you. It's to show you you need his solution. And when you see his solution, you become grateful, saying, God, there was no way for me to get to you. There was no way for me to be forgiven. There was no way I could have fixed myself. And yet in steps God. In steps God. He he makes the way. He shows the way. So that if you believe in Jesus Christ, by placing faith in Jesus Christ, you can be saved. And this is true for everyone, male or female, young, old, rich, poor, every tribe, every tongue. Amen. Amen. For everyone has sinned. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Why does the Bible keep setting us up like this? Like in our culture today, we don't want to tell anybody that there's anything wrong. Like, no, you're fine. Oh, you're fine. You're good. You're good. You're good. You have jealousy and rage and envy in your heart. You're okay. It's okay. You have lust and adultery and all this stuff in your heart. It's fine. It's fine. My friends, we have a sin condition, a sin problem. And yes, there was a generation that just beat people over the head, sinner, 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 sinner. But listen, there's some reality in the fact that if we got to realize we had a sin problem. But we have a Savior solution. We have Jesus Christ. We have God's solution. Where he made the payment, his blood was shed that those who would believe in him would be forgiven, they would then be redeemed from that sin condition. Taken out of, remember you're you're taken out of something, you've been removed from something, you've been saved from sin. That's why you're no longer that sinner anymore. You've been saved from sin and you've been made a son or daughter. You've been taken out of a kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen which then is not just forgiven, you've been redeemed unto authority, sonship. You've been given all this stuff. Like, who are you and who am I that like a day ago I was living for the devil and today I have my foot on the devil's neck and he has to leave when I resist him? What did I do for that? Do you understand what grace is here? What grace this is? 
Like yesterday you were serving the devil, today he's got to flee when you tell him to get out of your house and get away from your kids and get off your finances. And you can say, but, but I'm not, I, I haven't earned that type of authority yet. I've only been a Christian for t- two minutes. It, that's what we're talking about here is it's not just you've been forgiven from something, you've been turned into, you've been redeemed unto a sonship, a position seated with him in heavenly places. You don't deserve to sit on the throne of the universe with Christ, and no good works you will ever do will will put you there, but he has placed you there in himself. So much is going on. These, I can't, I've got so much of feeling and emotion in my heart for you, Calvary. I feel like God is doing such a deep and holy work in you, like such a deep and holy work. And as much as, man, there's a lot of fun things I'd like to do and all these things, but, and this, I just, oh, Jesus, help me. What God is building here, what God is doing week after week, line upon line, precept upon precept, is I believe he's just building who you are in him. Your identity is in Christ. It's not in this building. It's not in the identity of the history of Calvary Orlando. He is, he is grafting you into his vine into him, and you will become who he died for you to become. You will be the son and daughter that he's called you and destined you to become. In a world that just wants to hear just little, simple, easy things, he's giving you truth to anchor your life on. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Say thank you. He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God has was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead, including them, and what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. He makes you right in his sight when you believe in Christ Jesus. Not when you get your life all sorted out. Not when you get all your habits gone. Not when you stop making mistakes. But when you believe in Christ Jesus, you are right in his sight. Say right in his sight. Right in his sight. Right in his sight. sight. So when you stand before God in prayer, this affects your prayer life. And you ask for great things. And you sit there and you think you're not worthy to ask those things. Have you believed in Jesus? The answer is yes, then you are right in his sight. And even though you may not be perfect in all your behaviors yet, because you've placed your faith in Christ Jesus, you are right in his sight and you can ask great and mighty things. And he will listen to you and he sees you in Christ. Can we boast then? Uh, The answer to that is no. Can we boast that we've done anything to be accepted by God? No. But this is what I'm talking about. It's like these things have become so like lost to us because we've heard them. 
but this, there's something in this that would make somebody want to boast. Why? Why would you boast? Because you have such standing with God. Because you have such power, such authority, such dominion, such a life, so much blessing, so much access. There's something to boast on. Some of us don't even know what we have in this salvation package, so we don't even boast about, about it. But when you understand what's in it, it means something about it. it makes When they hear it, it makes people want to boast. But then we stop them and say, whoa, 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 just remember, all of that that you're so excited about, you did not earn that. That is not based on your goodness. That is based on Jesus. That access, that dominion, that authority, that anointing, that, 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 that joint heir that you are in Christ. The gifts and the callings, yeah, you're, now you're moving in the gifts. You're healing the sick. You're raising the dead. You're speaking in tongues. You're casting out demons. You're like, woo, look at me. I used to be lost. I used to be the sinner. Now, look, God's got me on this track of anointing and, and effectiveness and making impact in the world. Don't you ever forget that that's all Jesus. That is all Jesus, and it's all this message that we're talking about. It's all this message, saved by grace through faith. Saved by grace through faith. Amen. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it was based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. How does a person receive salvation? Salvation is received through repentance towards God, faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Please write that down. Salvation is received through repentance towards God, Faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 24, verse 47. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. I want to talk to you about repentance for a minute. Say repentance. There's a reality here that I want us to see, please. I'm going to take a little bit of time. Repentance is acknowledgement of your need. Please write that down. When someone gives their life to Christ, there's a moment of repentance that's in here. An acknowledgement of your need. There's a realization of sin, of going in the wrong direction. And in repentance is this idea of making 180 degrees and turning towards God. Turning towards God towards his ways. It's not just adding religion to your life of sin. I want to explain this because I think this is, this is really important. When we repent, there's a need here. There's, there's, that's why the Bible went through all that. Like, look, you were lost. No one's seeking God. For all have sinned. There has to be a moment when you accept Jesus as your Savior there has to be this moment where there's a revelation that this road I'm on is death. This path, this lifestyle, this serving the devil thing, it's got to stop. Listen, this is, let me show you the, the, the not right way to do this. I'm going to go down this road and be the God of my own life and serve the devil however I want, but I want Jesus to forgive me so I don't go to hell, so I'm just going to pray that little prayer, and I'm going to just bring it with me down this road to hell. (sighs) 
And there's too many moments where it's like, no, no, just, just go to church every once in a while or just pray a little prayer every once in a while or whatever. And it's fine. You're fine. You're fine. There needs to be a moment of, of repentance where you're like, I need a Savior. This road is not the road I want to be on. I do not want the devil to be my God. I do not want to live in darkness anymore. So then you receive Christ, and repentance is making a 180-degree turn and saying, I will follow a new master. I will follow a new my God, the, the, the one true God. You see this? It's turning your back on the old sinful life, turning toward God. This must happen. And this isn't about embarrassing people or beating them up. But if you don't realize this is going to kill you, like that this is darkness, this is not of God. You're not just adding like principles and things into this journey so you can just keep going this way. Are you understanding this? There's a stopping of this when you say, Jesus, be my God and be my Savior. And it's a, let's say it like this, it's a coming out of agreement with this and saying, God, I agree with your ways. I agree with you. Now, here's what happens. I may still have some residue that I'm working out from that because you're spirit, soul, and body. And you know what? There's certain things, addictions, that can be physiological because they can get into the body. Are you understanding this? And your soul, your mind, your will and emotions needs renewing. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may have old thoughts about that. You may have old desires towards that. There may be, but that's not who you are anymore. You're not serving that. You're serving Christ. You're serving God. And you give him time and he will work all of that out of you. This is salvation. I want you to pray a prayer. I want you to receive Jesus. But if I, don't, if I don't talk to you about coming out of agreement with the road to hell, then I'm not doing you any favors. Do you understand this? This isn't condemnation. This is love, people. This is love to tell someone you're running off a cliff. Stop going that way. That's not judgment. That's not condemnation. That's a road that leads to destruction. And when you give your life to Christ, you come out of agreement with that and you say, God, I'm turning toward you. And in this moment, I am in right standing with God. I may have 50 years living for the devil. You can't earn your way into good graces with God. But in this moment, I have all of heaven as an inheritance. In a moment. I may not have it all figured out. I may not have all of my habits together yet. But in this moment, I am saved. I am saved. I have placed my faith in Christ, in Christ alone. Not in one, two, three, four, five years of me doing this thing perfect. It's always in Christ alone. And maybe I've been walking with God for 50 years. Guess what, my friend? It's still in Christ alone. It's not your 50 years of living good. It's still in Christ alone. 
Amen. I hope you don't feel like I'm mad at you because I yell. But there's a scripture in the New Testament where, where Apostle Paul says that he's pleading with people to be reconciled to God as if God is making his appeal through him. That passion coming out of me, it's not me being mad. But God, I'll tell you something, if you could hear the echoes of God roaring in this room right now, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to come out of agreement with the road of destruction, trying to get you just to, just to give your life to Christ so that he can love on you, so that he can reposition you, so that he can fill you and give you a hope and a future to do more than you could ask, think, or imagine. God is a lot louder than, Maya, than I am. It's, but there's not a casualness in this. That's what I'm saying. This message is what sent the missionaries out. It's remembering the value of this message. We cannot save ourselves. We are dead. We are lost. And we don't just add some religion in and keep going to destruction. We stop. We repent. And we give our lives and minds and hearts completely to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he takes us on a whole new path. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 1 through 9. I don't know if I have time. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 9. Just hop over there for a minute. Pastor Claude, can I borrow you for a second? Come on up. Thank you. I, need you to just, I just want to again reemphasize an illustration. Pastor Claude, would you please just have a, a lay down there? Is that all right? Just uh, face that way. Put your head that way. No, on your back. Yeah, scoot that way. You're doing great. That's perfect. Looking good. All right, I just saw this in my spirit when I was preparing this week. I wanted you to just see it again because we're reemphasizing, we're teaching. Pastor Claude, you're a handsome man, but we're going to cover you up. All right, there we go. Perfect. You got to see the shoes, though, because they're awesome. You got to leave the shoes out. Not that we choose your shoes over your head, but we, those shoes are worth seeing, you know. Ephesians chapter 2, go to Ephesians chapter 2 in your Bibles. Verse 1, just talking about how we could not save ourselves. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, say dead. Dead. That's what this is to illustrate if you didn't figure this simple illustration out. Dead. Okay? Dead in sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power of the unseen world. We talked about that last week. We're dead. We're in our sin. People are like, I don't serve the devil. I don't serve Jesus. I just serve me. You don't get a choice. It's one or the other. You know what I mean? You don't get a world. You don't get a kingdom. You don't serve yourself. You serve either God or you serve Satan, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you're a nice person, whether you're not a nice person, whether you look like a Satanist or you look like a house person making cookies every day, but you don't know Jesus, you're serving the devil. You understand what I'm saying? All right. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to be, used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we're subject to God's anger and wrath, just like everyone else. But God, so rich in his mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead, say dead, because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Verse 6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ, seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. 
Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You cannot take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us. So Pastor Claude is here. He's laying down like he's dead. The reason I wanted you to see this one more time is I wanted you to see he cannot save himself. Nothing he can do can save himself. Why? He's dead. You're like, that's really simple. I know. But think about this. How many times do people think, if I just do this for God, if I just do this good work, like there is nothing Claude can do to bring life to himself. It had to come from outside. This was you. This was, this was you. This was, forgive my English today. Just pretend it doesn't exist. Look, we were dead, incapable of saving ourselves, incapable of putting ourselves in right standing with God, incapable of anything. We are dead, 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 dead. So from outside of our deadness, Grace and mercy came in Christ Jesus. Do you see this? But if you don't see this, if you don't see where you were, then you lose the power of what happened when Christ came and brought you back to life. Because you don't see this. You kinda, we kind of still see ourselves as out there alive, walking around. They're dead. It's like that old movie back in the 90s, you know, I see dead people, right? There's dead people walking around. But they look like they're alive, but they're not. Are you seeing this? Claude has no power to save himself. It comes from Christ. Grace and truth came, the Bible says. Amen? And brings life, brings the hope of life, brings resurrection in life. And so, Pastor Claude, I'm going to... Grab your hand, I'll help you up. It takes Jesus. It takes Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. Good. But because you don't know that was you, we still might think it was some of the, what we did. You don't have anything to give to bring yourself back to life. It's all God coming to you. God coming to you. God coming to you. That's grace. That's salvation. That's the goodness of God. That's the amazing grace that we sang about earlier today. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. He saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight, gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. I want to talk to you about an inner witness of salvation before we close today. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. When you give your life to Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible tells us that his spirit, Romans chapter 8, 16, joins with our spirit and affirms that we are God's children. 
I felt very strongly today, I have a whole lot more notes, but I felt very strongly today that I needed to lean into this piece and I'm gonna end it on this. Worship team, you can come out. Please don't be distracted by them. Look at me. Cameraman, get right here. God wants you to have that inner assurance that you're his child. I think there's people in this room or watching online that live in torment. Am I a Christian or am I not a Christian? Does God love me? Has he forgiven me? And you keep trying to go back to good works to try to say, God, please love me. God, please love me. You even come to the altar every Sunday and you give your life back to Jesus every single Sunday. Your good works didn't save you in the first place. You understanding this? It's faith in Christ. That's it. It's faith in Christ. And I really felt strongly that I needed to lean into this and say, look, if you've had that kind of lack of assurance, one of the promises in Scripture, I just read it to you in Romans 8, was that the Holy Spirit bears witness in your spirit that you are a child of God. So that no matter what you're going through, you know you're a child of God. So let's say this, life happens, the devil causes trouble. You don't sit there and say, God must be mad at me, is God abandoned me, or what? You sit there and, because in every life there's gonna be some trouble, there's gonna be challenges. But now, you lean into your sonship. And you say, you know what? No, devil. This has happened, but I'm not going to make it question whether or not God loves me. I know my God loves me, and because he loves me, I'm coming out of this thing like more than a conqueror. It doesn't push you out of your relationship with God. It doesn't make you question whether or not you're saved. You don't sit there every day, wake up, try to stay saved. You ever lived that cycle before? I just want to stay saved today. And I really believe today we need to, God to touch some of your hearts to help you have that inner witness that you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are his son. You are his daughter. And no matter what happens, nothing will separate you from the love of God. No angel, no demon, no, no, no famine, no persecution, no trials. They may try to separate you from God's love, but they can't separates you from God's love. You are loved. You're his son. You're his daughter. He's not leaving you. He will not forsake you. And because you're his son and daughter, you're coming up out of that situation. But rather than, see, when you have a mindset of just trying to stay saved every day, then you're not moving into your dominion and authority. Because every day you're just trying to make it through, like just hanging on while your fingertips rather than like standing up like a son and daughter of God in confidence saying, God, I'm a king on the earth. I'm a queen on the earth. I'm a son of God on the earth. I'm a daughter of God on the earth. I am salt. I am light. I'm a city on a hill. Where do I go and effect change today? Where do I go and bring your glory and your goodness and your love today? Because every day you're just trying to stay in right relationship with God. That roller coaster is not going to bring you where God wants you to be. And so I just want to pray today for an assurance so if you could just stand to your feet, please, this morning. 
And if that's you this morning, you say, I have just had such a difficult time just settling my salvation in my heart, in my spirit before God. Just that peace that you're talking about, that where the Holy Spirit bears witness that I am a son, I am a daughter, that, that I'm a child of God. That today, I just believe God's gonna touch your heart in a powerful way and give you an inner witness that you are saved by grace. You are saved by grace, not of your works. And you are saved. And you're good saved, great saved, totally saved. And so if that's you today, I want to pray with you differently than I normally do. I want to break out of my little normal pattern because I, I felt this in my spirit in a different way. If that's you, would you please come down to the front right now? And I want to meet you here and put my hand on your shoulder. Say, I just need assurance. I need to finally get off that roller coaster. I need assurance of my salvation. I need that peace of God. If that's you today, would you just come on down here? I know it's different, but it's, we just got to do it the way God told us to do it, right? Thank you. Come on. Come on down. No more roller coasters. No more roller coasters. No more doubt. No more in and out. No more. Devil's not going to torment you with that anymore. It's not going to take it away from you anymore. It's not going to keep you down. Anybody else? Amen. Assurance. Come on. Amen. Amen. Would you stretch your hand out towards them, church? We love you guys very much, and the Lord loves you even more. And none of this is condemnation. You need to hear that. All of us have probably battled this in some way, shape, or form. And we know what it means to finally feel that peace of God, to finally feel that assurance. So no matter what happens in your life, you know that God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. He's not asking you to do anything else today, but turn to him completely and just make him your Lord and Savior, and it's finished. No more tormenting thoughts. No more tormenting thoughts. And even when tough stuff happens in life, it's not because God doesn't love you, but with God's love, you're going to overcome those things. So church, let's pray for them right now. Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just lift these up to you. And God, we pray that you would give them a blessed assurance today. Let's do this first. Why don't we go ahead and pray a prayer of confession with me right now, and then we'll pray. And just from this day forward, you'll be able to say there's a line drawn in the sand. But church, why don't we all pray this prayer together? Would you please pray a prayer with me, and let's just get this thing started all over again. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if I'm going to do that, let me go ahead and ask you in the rest of the room. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. All who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so today, we're about to do that right now for these, to give them assurance. If you've never called on the name of the Lord to be saved, why don't you raise your hand right now wherever you are, and let's go and pray for you too. Anybody? I am not right with God. I need to get right with God. Put your hand up. There's a hand right there. Awesome. I see you. Anybody else? Come on. Let's just get it done today. Let's just do the business. Second hand in the back there. Awesome. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Just put your hand up. Anybody else? Maybe you say, Pastor Kevin, I used to have a relationship with God and I walked away, but I want to recommit today. Put your hand up right now, wherever you are. There's these hands up here in the front. Awesome. Praise God. There's another hand in the back. Awesome. Praise God. Awesome. 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 Praise God. All right. 
Let's pray that prayer. If you want to come down, those of you that raise your hand, you're welcome to come down with these. Or you can pray right where you are in your seat. We're going to pray for these specifically right now, but you're welcome to come join them as well. But everyone that raised your hand, wherever you are in this room or right up here in the front, all of us pray this prayer. Church, pray this prayer after me today. Let's all believe God and start this thing fresh. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those that have come and the other five or so that were in their seats? All right. Now, let's pray for assurance. Let's pray for assurance, okay? Stretch your hands out towards these again. Now let's, let's pray for the assurance. Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for these that have come, and I pray for a blessed assurance. Jesus is theirs. God, I thank you that the devil will never be able to plague and torment them again, that God, they know their feet are on solid ground. Heavenly Father, I thank you that God, they know they're a child of God, and from this day forward, they advance, they increase, they move forward, no more torment, no more fear, no more doubt in Jesus' name. God, I pray for assurance. I pray for assurance in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you they are forgiven. Lord, may they stop condemning themselves and stop judging themselves in their past. Stop judging themselves every day. God, may they walk as sons and daughters. I pray they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. God, I pray for the confidence of the Holy Spirit that they would in their spirit today have the assurance that they are sons and daughters of God, crying out to God, Abba, Father, that you welcome them, you wanna hear from them, you receive them, you are with them, you will never leave them, you will never forsake them, and God, if trouble comes, that God, they will run into a strong tower and you will keep them safe, that they will not think it is you against them, but rather you are for them, and if God is for them, it doesn't matter what's against them, because they are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And so God, we decree and declare these things upon them that from this day forward, the torment stops and they are children of God and they move forward in their life with God in Jesus' name. Everybody give God praise this morning. Amen, 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 and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.